WFJA 105.5, Sanford, Pinehurst, Southern Pines. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Morning, welcome from the cheap seats. I'm Chris Lambert, Brandon Atkins, and I will be captaining this ship. This is all you got today. This is it, man. No Trent Nichols, no Robert Bricky. Robert's a little under the weather. We want to send our thoughts that direction. I've got some suggestions. Uh, quote to unquote him. under the weather. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Yeah. It's always uh, always suspect when those words come out of his mouth. Um, Trent was a late scratch. I'm a little I'm a little upset about that. I wanted to talk some baseball today, but uh, without him to bounce anything off of the idea of talking baseball with you, Brandon, just doesn't seem very fun. What did I do right when I walked through the door? He, you did. So so I, I I almost I almost feel bad because you, you were like a, a kid yeah. coming home. Hey, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? And and you thought you dropped a trick question on me and you, you greeted me this morning by saying, Hey, what's the most strikeouts there have ever been in a major league uh baseball game in one in inning? A, yeah. In a half an inning and, and uh I said four. And you were like Oh. It wasn't that you just said four because I had a I had a sneaking su- suspicion that you knew. It's just that whole building yelled out four. Like I mean you know, if you're p- playing p- poker and you're looking around the table and you can't find the sucker then you're the sucker. That's the kind of feeling I, I got. Well, I'm, I felt bad because I just took the wind out of your sails, and I should have played along and be like, oh, that's what I, well, I never thought about that. That's what I get for bringing up baseball. I'll never do that again. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to at some point figure out exactly how many players have struck out four batters in an inning. And if, if you don't understand how that can happen, I'm not going to explain it to you because it's kind of boring. Or yeah. should we break it down? Just make it real quick. It's kind of interesting. So you can advance to first base if the catcher drops the third strike. And it happens. I've actually seen youth games where there have been five or six outs in an inning because, you know, the catcher's 11 years old and the ball keeps going to the backstop and runners keep advancing. But in Major League Baseball, there have never been more than four strikeouts in an inning. I'd have to look it up. I wonder if there have been more than four outs in an inning total, um, I yeah. told I told you and, and John Hockaday that uh, the first person I'm aware of having done it is Joe Nuxall, who also holds the distinction of being the youngest player in uh, Major League Baseball history. He pitched for the Reds during World War II when he was, I think, 15 years old. Um, so, good weekend, man. Yeah, it was like one of those weekends that I need a weekend after it. Oh, God. You understand what I'm saying? It, it was good, but it was there was a lot of activity going on. So, what you, did you get productive things done? You got productive things done, had cookouts. What? Yeah. Had, I don't had, remember getting the invite. It wasn't my cookout, bro. Oh. You'd have oh. been there. Oh, okay. But, yeah, just so running there. somebody else's food. Yeah, I rarely do that too. By the you, way, you do. You're always like, "I'll hug. Come to my house. I'll do it." You love to cook for people. It's yeah. funny. You know, we have our fantasy football draft this Sunday, which I I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. It's coming up this Sunday, right? This coming up Sunday. I had no idea. The 25th, bro. I had no Get idea. Get it together. I'm glad to. I'm, I have gotten no well, see, correspondence. Here's the deal. I've been texting. 
I feel like I'm more excited about fantasy football than everybody else in the league because I've been texting them and, and the texts that are coming back are takes a long time wait, for them to come back. Wait and a then, minute, Brandon. <clears throat> wait, 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 just a dog on a second. So I complained on air a week ago that we hadn't had our draft yet, and you told me basically relax and shut up. That was two week. That was a week or two ago. Oh, oh, okay. So in the last couple of days, you've become more excited about it than anybody else. Well, I mean, I can't handhold you on everything, Chris. You got to at some point look at the That's boards fair. yourself That's and fair. find out when things are okay. Okay. Do you want me to tie your shoes for you? No, well? but you you did all I needed you to do and told me that the draft is on Sunday. So that's cool, uh, which doesn't bode well for Monday's show. No, it doesn't. Um, one, because one of us is going to be more disappointed than the other, but the other is that there's probably going to be a significant amount of... Uh, beverages. Adult beverages. So I'm excited. That's I, how am, that I am pretty fired up. Now... Here, this is this is going to take a circuitous route. I have a I have a sort of a six what? degrees of separation as to how I want to get to where I want the show today. Okay, but I want to start out by kind of the swan song for Cormier this weekend, Daniel Cormier, who is kind of the Larry Holmes of UFC. You from you remember Larry Holmes? Oh yeah, Larry Holmes is a great champion. But Larry Holmes was was sort of in the gap, in that pocket between Ali and that golden generation of boxing, and then was sort of a placeholder in time until Mike Tyson became the, the galvanizing force that he was. So in the pantheon of, of great heavyweight champions in boxing, Larry Holmes gets overlooked. Larry Holmes was a great heavyweight champion. And it's not his fault that he dominated the division the way that he did. But I think five years from now, and certainly 10 or 15 years from now, we'll look back and there will be other UFC fighters that we look at as greater champions than Daniel Cormier. And I don't necessarily think that it's going to be fair. Where where, where are you at with that? I I think the fact that they tried to shove John Bones Jones down our throats when he was going to continue to be a, a moron and use drugs. That, that the UFC Dana White has a issue with latching onto one person, and you know he's got so much control. He continues. It's the same thing with uh, some of the fighters that Nate Diaz has the fight against. They keep trying to shove certain fighters. Now, now I don't want to get completely off. I know you want to talk about Cormier, but. You know, Conor McGregor's his weight class. He's got nowhere to go because there's two opponents that are lighter than him and heavier than him that will just absolutely destroy him. And I just feel like Cormier, other fighters weren't allowed into fighting him, so we'll never know how good he really was. You know what I mean? Kind of like Larry Holmes. We'll we know he's good, but we'll never know how good he was because he about killed Muhammad Ali in the ring. Yes, and. didn't want to do it <laughs> and so uh yeah that was his guy yeah i mean that was his mentor and you know that's sort of on the tail end and and we have forgotten everybody when we t- when we invoke the name muhammad ali you know we talk about greatest ever you know and that is a debate that's worthy of having because there were pockets in his career not the least of which is the end of his career where he shouldn't have been in the ring anymore. And Holmes dismantled him. 
And then Holmes dominated that division up until the era where Tyson came along. Um, so the Cormier thing, I, Cormier's been a great champ. Um, you said John Bones, Bones Jones, and, and here's the thing. If you put Jones and Cormier in the same room with a 1,000 people, eight, 850 of them are going to gravitate toward Jones because he's such an enormous personality. Yeah. And that's what the fight game is all about. That's why Conor McGregor is legendary. Is not necessarily because of what he did in the ring. It's because of that dynamic personality. Yeah. You know, the fact that he's going to make you laugh, get you riled up, and, and, and bring emotion to the forefront. Cormier is not the guy that's going to do that. When you hear him, you know, do an interview uh, outside of interviews in the wake of having lost fights, this is twice now that UFC shouldn't have fooled with him at the end of a fight. It's just like some guy off the street. Yeah, and I'm looking at a picture of him right now. He's always seemed to be having a party in his own head that you're not invited <laughs> to. Like, he's got this dazed look, and you had mentioned when we were off the air, he's kind of got a dry sense of humor. And Costin was saying he might be, you know, calling some wrestling matches. I just don't see him having the personality. To, I can't, I can barely stand to watch him fight. I think his style's boring. He's just super powerful, but I know I do not want to hear him talk. Well, about that's the other piece wrestling. of it is that his style is not the most dynamic. It's not the most entertaining. So when you take all those things together, he is as heavyweight champions in UFC or in boxing and in any other fight game. He's relatively forgettable. Right. So that that's where I think it goes in, but it, it shouldn't, we shouldn't take away from the greatness because UFC at this point, at this point, I think in American Sports in the American sports lam- landscape, I think it's fair to say it is surpassed boxing. Yeah, by a, a, a significant margin. Well, and I, I want you to continue that thought, but it, a lot of it has to do with the personality. You know what I'm saying? We got so spoiled with Muhammad Ali, and then incredibly spoiled just by the the style of the craziness of Mike Tyson and how powerful he was, and then. We went into the Klitschko phase, <laughs> and we just got so spoiled. You know, I, I think we just got too much, too early for our our generation, Chris. Because now, well, I mean, you're leaving out guys in the other weight classes like Sugar Ray Leonard, right? You know, I'm talking about heavyweight Marvin Hagler, Tommy Hearns. These these unbelievably cool caricatures of fighters, right? And now you look across the landscape, and I think that the Klitschkos ruined the heavyweight division, and it hasn't recovered yet. There are some guys on the horizon right now, I think, that uh, have the the capacity maybe to bring it back, mm-hmm. but it's not there yet. And it's not things that move the needle. If I've got, if there's one of these, you know, big heavyweight bouts going on on pay-per-view and I don't have anything else to do, I'm still 50-50 as to whether I'm going to put in any energy to watch it. That's just that's just where I'm at with boxing. I'm a I'm it's in a just not relevant. I'm in a highlights phase with boxing. Like I can turn on the TV, even you know how on ESPN they'll show some of the action, but they won't show the knockout because yeah. they they want you to they've worked out an agreement because you need yeah, to yeah. the fight. But a week or so later, you can find it online. Well, within hours, if you're really looking, you can find somebody that's got it. You know, out there, whether it's Reddit or Twitter or whatever, it's out there. Reddit just, is is 
the best kept secret amongst forty somethings there is. And when I figure out how to work Reddit perfectly, I, I, I tell you what, you got kids that are almost grown or definitely grown now. If you ever needed any kind of streaming thing that just happened oh, or live, you go to my thirteen year old, yeah, or my fifteen year old. When they say they're cutting the cord, they take a hatchet <laughs> to the cord. They're <laughs> they're cutting that cord at the knees, man, at the knees. So Daniel Cormier, I think this has got to be it. At forty years old, um, he got taken apart by Stepe Miocic this weekend. Um, the the king is dead. Long live the king. We'll see how long this lasts and whether this is a new era in terms of the heavyweight championship uh, or whether this is just another guy. Only time will tell. He looks like a bit of a monster, yeah. and I'm impressed. But we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. When we come back, the first degree of separation from Daniel Cormier will rear its head, um, and it centers on the fact that I think this is it for Cormier. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats in Central Carolina. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. message from the American Migraine Foundation. It's an absolute nightmare. There's pain that does not stop. I feel trapped by migraine. Migraine is a disabling disease. I feel like I'm dying. You feel like the world's closing in on you. There's nothing you can do. It's like you're trapped in your head. There's no escaping it. You can't leave your body. Don't suffer alone. Make your move against migraine. Visit AmericanMigraineFoundation.org to find help, learn more, and get connected. To buy your home, you became a house-hunting ace. Learned about loans, scoured neighborhoods, and asked the right questions. Now you're queen of your castle. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll feel empowered to own your retirement like you own your home. Go to aceyourretirement.org. Because when it comes to clearing financial hurdles, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 
Debt. If you get in too deep, members of the NFCC, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, can help you put debt in its place. Credit cards took charge of my financial life. A certified credit counselor helped me get back in control. Student loan debt followed me wherever I went. NFCC taught me all I needed to know. Connect with an NFCC certified credit counselor at your local member agency today. We'll help you put debt in its place. Go to nfcc.org slash stop debt or call 877-410-6322. Oh, this is beautiful. I don't believe I'm here. One of the great bass lines ever. I know, Brandon, you're a fiend for a good beat. That's old school right there, brother, some third bass, and I just love that. I can listen to that all day. In fact, I think during my commute back and forth to Durham today, I might uh, might listen. It is that time, and I'm headed back to school today. I'm I, Up until yesterday, I was like, I'm ready to go back to school. I'm ready to get back into a groove, get back on schedule. And then today arrived. I was like, dude, I don't want to do this. Yeah, you're talking about listening to good music. Do you have the control to not kill an album by over-listening to it? Or do you have that control? Because there's some albums that are just gone for me. I just can't. I have done that to some. In fact, um, a young gentleman, a friend of of a friend of mine who's it's funny that we have friends now who have grown children right posted something and and um said i'm looking for um input i'm looking for somebody to suggest an album that i should listen to this is out on facebook Mm -hmm. and you know popped into my feed and i was like oh i got a million of them let me think of something cool okay boom and i posted American Standard by Seven Mary Three, which is a great, great, great album. Mm-hmm. Um, people that grew up that are our age can probably remember a time for about five minutes when Seven Mary Three was like the biggest thing in rock music. But that original first album, American Standard, is a is a tremendous album. And I put it up there, and I don't know why that was the first one that popped into my head. But I was on my way out to cut the grass, and I was like, well, I'm going to rock some 7 or 3. And I put it on, and I, I cut it off after about four songs. I have listened to that album probably 5,000 times. Right. And it's still a great album, but yeah, I have ruined it. But I do have to say that all of the albums I ruined, probably there's sort of a magical cutoff about five years ago because I don't listen to albums all the way through anymore. Because in the age of streaming music, you don't have to. So I kind of pick and choose. And rather than, you know, if I go into my phone right now and pull up a bunch of music, I've got thousands and thousands and thousands of songs in my library, but I don't ever listen to albums straight through anymore because I've got them all built into playlists. So I have, you know, for instance, a Motley Crue playlist, a Third Eye Blind playlist, you know, on and on and on i have these dozens of playlists by artist or by genre so i don't listen to albums all the way through so i haven't really killed any right um what's the what's the album that has broken your heart because you killed it for yourself um probably probably michael jackson's thriller really yeah i mean as great as it is i wore that thing out you know what i mean it's it's kind of like i compare it 
to, and I have a comment about movies in just a second. I compare it to Julia Roberts. And what I mean by that is when she was on the scene, she was in everything, and she's so beautiful that it burns your eyeballs to the point where we're watching Ocean's Eleven the other night, and I'm like, huh? Okay. I'm over it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you, do you get me at all, or am I just a weirdo? I, I, no, I kind of, I guess I kind of get you. So, like, thriller like that is for me. It's like the kids, the only thing, the only time it became, okay, I'll listen to this is when the kids, kids discover it. Just like my kid the other day dis- uh, discovered Groundhog Day, which brings me to oh, my next no. point is that movies don't have that effect on me. The ones I really like, I can just watch over and over and over. I wonder if that's a guy thing because my wife regularly asks me, why are you watching that again? <laughs> and And there are movies, you know, in my life that I can watch over and over and over and over again. And I don't know that there's any movies that I've watched so much that I actually like that I'm like, I can't do it one more time. I just cannot do it. Um, There are some movies that don't stand the test of time. And it's not because I've worn them out. It's just because they're not as relevant or they're not as cool as they once were. Batman is one that I can think of. Michael Keaton and, you know, when those albums or when those movies came out, Michael Keaton was the greatest superhero actor of all time. Yeah. And if you go back and watch them now, it's like, ah, oh. It's a little cheese ball. Oh, it's so cheesy. Uh, if The rule of thumb when it comes to making movies is you leave all technology out of it, right? Because that's not a bad idea. So it, if it's supposed to be in the future and somebody whips out a flip phone... We're not really in the future, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, kind of doesn't it ruin that's a, a little that's bit. That's an excellent point, man. Um, yeah. So, I mean, just just leave it all out of it. I mean, unless it's like the Minority Report or something, where you're just moving your hands around in the sky. Which I don't know that I'll live to see that kind of technology. But we've come. Oh, it, I mean, we're we're there in certain contexts. Um, so it's funny that you're talking about movies. Netflix. I, I we don't normally do this, but I'm going to give you a stock tip. If you haven't already sold Netflix, sell. Sell, 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 get rid of it now okay. because you're about to take a bath. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I'm not even sure that Netflix is publicly held. I'm assuming that it is. Uh, Disney made an announcement this weekend. And Disney Plus is headed to your televisions in November. And they have released their pricing. And Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN and its family of networks are going to cost you twelve ninety nine. This is almost predatory. This pricing level, and Netflix is not. I'm not saying that the the answer for Netflix is to just drop prices. They're going to have to change their model. Absolutely. Can't you hear the ghost of Blockbuster in your ear right now, dude? I, I'm. I, you know, I don't know if I've ever related this story to you. I was at a. I, I was on the way to a training conference in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, years and years ago. And I was staying at this hotel, and I, I'm sure that you're like I am. If I'm if I'm away and I'm just chilling at a hotel bar, I'm going to end up talking to somebody. Oh, yeah. And I was talking to a guy. Whether they like it or not. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but after, you know, after a couple drinks, and it's not being obnoxious, it's just making small talk, and I'm oh, yeah, the king yeah. of small talk. Yeah. So there was a guy at the bar with me there who was in town uh, taking a job interview. And, you know, I didn't know what the guy did, whatever. And as the conversation went on, he was an executive with Hollywood Video. Hmm. And I was like, and, and I'm talking about like a senior vice president. And I was like, what? what, what? 
And he's like, brother, I got to get out of the industry now. And I was like, man, it, you know, everywhere I go, there's a Hollywood video. He said three years from now, there won't be any. Mm-hmm. And he told me this is when Netflix was still shipping uh, DVDs. You know, remember when you put them in the envelope and you shoot them back oh, yeah. and yeah, all yeah. this, even before Redbox. And he said that, the, and I asked him, well, are they having that big an impact? He said, they're having an impact. But what's coming next is you're going to have the ability to watch these movies streaming across your television and your computer. And I was like, yeah, whatever, dude. You know, that's some Star Wars type stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and probably two years later, I th- all the Hollywood videos were gone. All the blockbusters were gone. They, they went the way of the dinosaurs. And Netflix is not immune to that. They've got to do something because not only is Disney bringing all of that oomph into the marketplace, they're doing it cheap and they're bringing the Marvel Cinematic Universe with them, yeah. which means Netflix is losing all that content. Um, so on the weekend that, or in the month that Orange is the New Black folded up shop and is done forever. Um, well, I'll tell you, one. the one I'm worried about is Redbox. Because we have a web, uh, Redbox app on my, our smart TV. And I'll see on my phone every once in a while, one of my kids purchases yet another movie on Redbox, right? So once you purchase them, you go to your Redbox app, and they're just sitting there for you to watch. And so we stopped renting, and I said, you know, instead of renting for 7 bucks, if it's 15 bucks, go ahead and buy it, because then I'll watch it later, and then your sister might want to watch it. But what if that goes away? I'm a little concerned about that. Like, what if they just go, zap, or we're done, and we're not supporting this app? And I've paid for these. It's not like I got d- DVDs stacked up in my living room. I don't know which has got me thinking more deep thoughts. The fact that your Redbox movies may go away or the fact that you actually pay for movies still. Because, look, I'm not if, it were your, if it were your kids spending their own money, you would not be buying those movies. I promise you. There's a million different delivery systems that are free. But they're like, yeah, Dad wants to keep shelling out the cheddar. We'll just keep buying movies. That's the truth. And you know who the only person in the household that doesn't know their Apple ID? Myself. Because <laughs> it gets changed nonstop. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm curious. This might be the way I cut the cord with this Disney program because – you said twelve bucks, twelve ninety nine, thirteen bucks, and and here's the thing is that you've got Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN, with all of the channels that you can get with Hulu Plus. Now Hulu Plus, I'm sure, which is their streaming TV service, right? I'm sure that'll cost an additional thirty thirty five bucks, but you're pretty close to self sufficiency with that bundle right there for twelve ninety nine, and I'm here to tell you, I've said this before, and I want y'all to listen very carefully. When Disney gets into the streaming service, that is the first sound in the death knell of network television. Those of y'all that don't know, Disney owns ABC and they own Fox now. Two of the four major networks in our country. And when Disney figures out, hey, we can do this and that we don't have to fool with affiliates. We don't have to do any of this other nonsense. And we can just get paid directly. It, it may be the end of network television as we know it. Now, as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, I should be thinking of all these scary repercussions of this, and all I'm thinking is, please don't take away my American pickers. <laughs> I'm a very simple person. 
Yeah. You. <laughs> oh, man. And if I didn't know you well, I'd have thought, I would think you just made that up. But, no, you are, like, a big-time American Pickers guy. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats in Central North Carolina. You can hear the podcast of this show and every other show we've ever laid down. Visit us online at www.cheapseatradio.com. I was tired of my lady. We've been together too long. Like a worn out recording. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. (laughs) Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have meals on wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Hello, it's me, the designer jeans in the back of your closet. What happened to us? I used to summer in the Hamptons, and now I'm stuck behind a pair of sweats. Okay, maybe I never really fit you right, but I got a lot more Sunday fun days left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. National Sports with a Carolina Twist. It's just that every now and again, we get stuck talking about movies or streaming television or rap music or whatever the case might be. And, you know, I just don't know what to tell you. It's what we do. Um, So we talked about Daniel Cormier in the first segment. The fact that he's 40 years old, he's probably out the door. The next step is believed to be a move over to WWE to call wrestling as SmackDown moves over to Fox. I couldn't care less, to be perfectly honest. And I'm convinced that America, much as it is in politics, and I don't know about you, Brandon, but my Facebook feed has been taken over to the point that it's it's painful. 
um, it's all about you know this political this and you uh, know president that and blah 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 and I just can't help myself I do have strong political views I do a good job most of the time of staying out of it and then I go through periods like I've been in for the last three or four weeks and I just can't help myself poking bears and it, my you know my way of looking at things is I'll have an intelligent conversation with you about anything but not everybody out there in the social media world feels the same way and it's amazing how definitive people's opinions can be of you based on you know a statement that has anything to do with politics it's right. kind of heartbreaking but i'm of the mind that wwe and presidential politics are a lot like one another right and and the reason i say that is that Fans of the WWE are fans, and you can't tell them anything negative about wrestling. You well, just can't have a conversation with them. You you sent one on Facebook. I you know we're Facebook friends. I was looking at it, and it something political. I'm not going to tell the details of it. I just read one sentence, and I looked below that, and there was like 500 <laughs> comments, and I said, nope. I'm not even opening that. Yeah, that one that one took off, and and that one whatever, man. I was like, yeah, I am not getting to this cesspool of whatever's being kind of arrows are being shot. There are, and and it was a very evenly divided, spirited debate, is what I'll call it. Um, But my point with with presidential politics in America right now is that you know there is a clear division amongst the left and the right that me personally I don't necessarily feel is a a good indicator of where we're at as a country because I think there's an awful lot of people in the middle but with WWE it's kind of that way you've got people that are fans of WWE and I don't think you're allowed to to kind of be a fan of WWE you either are or you are not right but I don't know and I'd be interested to hear Costin's point of view on this at what level do you get considered a WWE fan? Does it mean that you'll pay for a pay-per-view? Does it mean that you'll travel more than a couple of minutes to see a pay-per-view? If I go next door to my buddy's house just because he's got it and there's cold beer there, does that make me a fan of WWE or do I miss the cut? I'm looking for a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down. He can't decide. He can't yeah, decide. see, he can't decide. But, he did the little but basically, with his hand going back and forth. Basically, for me, for now, and and I'd have to think about this. If the guy, I, I next door is too close. Next door is too close. It would have to involve getting in the car. So if you get in the car, if you're willing to get into a car and go to a friend or acquaintance's house and watch a WWE pay per view. That qualifies you as a WWE fan. Is that fair, Brandon? I think that's fair. You're next, asking the se- wrong person, sex, by the way. Next next question, though. Next question, though. All of that said, do I have to carry anything in my car to the event, or can I just show up and drink free beer? Yeah, okay, so as long as you get in the car and go somewhere to watch the WWE event, you are considered in that camp of WWE Fans. You might have a friend. 
<laughs> no, Gustav says you have to like it. You don't have to like it. No, you don't have to like it at all. If you're there, you're doing it. I mean, you, you've got you've got three million people going to watch, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals play baseball. That constitutes being a fan. If you're willing to go sit out in the sun for three and a half, four and a half hours to watch a baseball game, you're a baseball fan, whether you like it or not. You can't go through all of that rigmarole and say, I'm not a baseball fan. Or maybe, maybe, if you only do it once, you don't make the cut. Because you're just open-minded and you're trying. I agree. So that's the rule. You you have to get in your car and travel to a WWE pay-per-view even if you're not on the hook for any money, you're not bringing any beer, you're not bringing a dessert, you're not bringing anything. No you didn't even pitch in on the ribs. If you do that twice, you're a WWE fan, period. I think you're, it, you can be a casual fan but and, and then a real fan. Like, I'll give you the example. Oh, of course. I'll give you the example. Concerts. You, 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 it had better be like Metallica or... You know, Elvis coming back from the dead for you to be able to drag me to a concert. That Am is, I right, Chris? That is a fact. In fact, I have. I may actually need one of the listeners to be my date to go see Theory of a Dead Man. And I, I don't even want to hear people trash Theory of a Dead Man. People trash Nickelback. Theory of a Dead Man is the new, the the new band that people like to jump on. It's fake rock, whatever. Cool, whatever. I like Theory of a Dead Man. My wife has already seen Theory of a Dead Man with me. She ain't doing it again. Yeah. Brandon Atkins went to see Third Eye Blind with me, and I, I recognized, uh, <laughs> unless it's Elvis coming back from the dead or Metallica or Wu-Tang goes back out on tour, Brandon is like, well, uh, I'd rather go to a bar and sit and drink beer. Well, I mean, I'm just kind of like, why do I want to be shoulder to shoulder with a lot of sweaty kids? And they're about to spill my beer, too. Like, I mean, get away from me. Um, hey, you know, and, and, and here's how name. bad it's gotten. The Wu Tang Clan did come to Raleigh recently, and I did not attend. Shut up. Yeah, and the closest I've come to going to a concert was uh, Anderson Pack at Red Hat Amphitheater. You didn't go. I didn't go. I my wanted wife, to go. My wife went without me. Took uh, took one of our daughters, and uh, they had a great time. And I forget where I had something. There was a scheduling conflict, and she's like, "Well, that's cool. I'm going to take her to see Anderson Pack," and she's still. Talking about wearing albums out. Oh my God. You asked me, do you wear albums out? No, I don't. My wife does. She wears them out for me. Mm-hmm. And Anderson Pack, I can go cover to cover because every time we ride in either of our car- cars, that's what we end up riding. Well, he's right super now. talented. If you're going to wear something out, might as well be that. Let me tell you something. Back in the day, I, I'm sorry we got off on music. I think you were trying to make a point about I wrestling. Was. But I'll make this real quick. Back in the day, you had the boom box, right? Where you would turn on the radio and wait for your, a good song to come on and press record. Am I, is that right? Yeah, play what? record together. So I was the I happened to like tune into this New York station. This is back when I was in junior high, and they ran the whole album of NWA. Shut up! And I pushed record, so I had MB, before. Ah. Before it hit the airwaves or anybody knew it, I almost knew the entire album. And I never forget uh, this guy. He used to take me home, a couple of us home from school. We weren't driving yet. He goes, 
I want you guys to listen to this because I'm about to blow your mind. I'm about to put y'all onto some stuff. And he pushed play, <laughs> and it was NWA, and I knew every word of every song. And he was like, "Oh my God, this just came out today." So that's a that's a, that's nice. one, another one is where at the time I did wear that one out, but I can listen to it again. It's been enough time in between there. That's one of those. That's one of those albums that at some point I sort of played out. Uh, and, and just kind of wore it to death. But that's one that still stands up. You know one that's from a little bit before that that I have not ever managed to ruin. And I I can't listen to it around anybody else because I will rap slash sing it from cover to cover. Is License to Ill. Right. In fact, we were I was having an argument with Trent a couple weeks ago and he was trying to tell me the Ill Communications, you know, better album and I'm not trying to hear that. You're not you're not trying to no. You're not trying to hear Paul's Boutique? I'm, yeah, dude. Paul's Boutique is fun. Ill Communication is cool. I mean, there are some good Beastie Boy albums, but License to Ill, to me, is sort of the seminal album, and I literally, from cover to cover, can do it. And nobody wants to be around me when I do. I know how annoying that is. So that's one of those things <laughs> that I will... You know, technology's amazing. I'll go from my phone, pop it onto the sound bar when nobody else is in the house, mm-hmm. and blast it. And wrap that whole thing cover to cover, maybe twice, and invariably at some point when I'm like howling, my wife will come through the garage door I don't hear her, and walk in and be like, "You just did droop and drop the drop the sound on the on the sound bar," and I'm like, "Oh, yep, party's over." You made me feel a certain kind of way, dude. Just now. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, Johnny Cash has passed away, right? Yes. I can accept that. I cannot allow my brain to absorb and believe the fact that one of the BC boys has no, passed sir. away. That is the weirdest feeling for me. They, it is horrible. So, I don't know. I didn't mean to bring the whole crowd down, but MCA, you made me feel like peace. that. MCA, rest in peace. The other thing, you know, people don't know, you know, Mike Diamond, Mike D of the Beastie Boys. My favorite of the Beastie Do Boys. Do you know who his brother is? Yeah, uh, the nerd from Saved yeah, by the Bell. Screech, Dustin Diamond. Screech, yeah. Isn't that something? Huh. Dustin, a fun fact, Dustin Diamond was uh, was preliminarily booked to play the Temple Theater when I worked there years ago, and uh, couldn't make it because he was in so much legal trouble. I think you dodged a bullet with that one. Dude, he is, they say he's hysterical if you're into very blue comedy, because he's as raw as it gets. Um, imagine, we'll, imagine being the, <laughs> you have a 50-50 chance of being Screech or Mike D, and you, you're, you get the Screech card. You know, that's just tough. <laughs> that's a tough pill to swallow right there. I'm down, it, but it depends on what you want out of life because Mike D could walk in here right now and we probably wouldn't recognize him. If if mm. Dustin Diamond walked in here right now, we'd be like, oh my God, it's Screech. Screech. Oh, wow. We'd push Mike D out of the way yeah, to get right. Oh, man, get out of my way, dude. I got to get Dustin Diamond's autograph. Anyway, a half an hour later, when we come back, I'm going to tell you how... Daniel Cormier and Boogie Cousins relate to one another. And it'll be pretty dope. Trust me. So 
Why do teenagers play high school sports? My reason why is a sense of purpose. My reason why is to inspire others. One reason student athletes seldom mention is to get an athletic scholarship. They know that only 2% of all high school athletes are awarded a sports scholarship. So why do they play? My reason why is friendship. Tell us your reason using the hashtag MyReasonWhy. This message presented by the NFHS and the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. Have you mixed your pain meds, your sleep meds, your allergy meds? Call the Poison Helpline. Has your child eaten a tube of toothpaste, a chip of paint, a wild mushroom? Call the Poison Helpline. Have you been bitten by a spider, a snake, an insect? Call the Poison Helpline. Poisonings can happen at the home, on the job, or in the great outdoors. Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222 anytime, anywhere. 1-800-222-1222. Save the number, save a life. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Joel Klein catches a 7 o'clock train after his evening CPR class at the American Red Cross. Ron Garrett is on the same train. He's had a rough day and doesn't feel like himself. Until he feels the sudden tightness in his chest, Ron never thought he'd actually have a heart attack. Until Joel is administering CPR, he never thought he'd actually save a life. When you train with the Red Cross, you change a life. Starting with your own. Call 1-800-RED-CROSS or visit redcross.org to learn about life-changing opportunities in your area. Tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home gym. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. Like making sure they're buckled up. The whole ride, every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Check her out. Oh, man. I like that. When young men turn 18, they think they know a lot about the facts of life. But there are a few more facts they need to know. Fact, you have to register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. Fact, registration keeps you eligible for government jobs and student loans. Fact, it's easy to register. Just visit sss.gov or any post office. Register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. And that's a fact. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. the cheap seats one of these days we're gonna figure out the technology and i and i think it exists i think costin just doesn't want it because he doesn't want the pressure i keep telling him we need to have your voice come through the feed as opposed to just into our ears as we do this because he just dropped like real knowledge on me and i wouldn't have known and he told me that wwe wrestler gary jacobs do i have the name right nope no glenn jacobs glenn jacobs is the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, which doesn't make any sense to me because do counties have mayors? 
I, I, I don't know. He's telling me yes, but whatever. But no disrespect to Chet Man or anybody else's mayor, but how cool would it be if Kane were the mayor of Sanford? It'd be bad. <laughs> right? It'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, you know, the Hardy boys are from here, and now I'm just thinking, Matt Hardy, 2020. How cool would it be? Is it even 2020 at Mayor Race? When do they run? 2021? I don't know. Whenever. I think, whenever I th- I think they're Cameron boys, which is more or less. From, from yeah, yeah. Thing. I mean, but, it's the same, same he, thing. I, I, took, I took some summer school at, at Sand Hills when um, um, Matt, what was it? Which, what's his name? Matt Hardy? Matt Hardy. It's I, Matt and Jeff. So, yeah, Jeff's got some issues right now. But um, Matt and I hung out with the same people during that summer in fact she he was really good friend with the girl i ended up dating when i went back to carolina but um i think he was i think the story on him is he's like uber smart too i think he had some scholarships coming his way when he was and i I remember going and then i remember driving past the fairgrounds where he was wrestling because they would do that at the fairgrounds and he passed on seat these awesome scholarships like pay you to go to school kind of scholarships and i remember going what a clown this dude is like I, I pass by these fairgrounds and i'm like this guy's jumping around on a fake wrestling ring and stuff like that fast forward like five years he's on video games <laughs> and he's that's on when you video know game. you've made it when you're on a video game it's it's over boom done that's amazing and the cool thing about him he was also a really nice guy just i throw that out there i don't know i mean I don't sounds know. like a sounds like a prospective politician and bricky has said many times that he plans to run for public office at some more down right? the line. I've never heard him. Oh yeah, you. Oh, yes, and and in fact, he at some point. I I honestly believe at some point he's going to do it. Right. So we'll see. Right now he's he's you know doing his thing, scrambling, making all the money oh, he can make, and all the rest. He's of that. about to get big time in something. So it it'll be interesting to see. But I'm Matt Hardy, man. I, I'm I'm down. Board of commissioners, some you know at large seat. I'm I'm, I'm all 100 percent for Matt Hardy running. I don't even know what affiliation he would be, but I'm I'm down. I would be interested if there's anybody out there listening uh, that wants to call in. You can reach us at 866-465-3110. 866-465-3110. I'm going to do it one more time. 866-465-3110. I want to know... <laughs> what celebrity you would want to see get into politics in your local area? That's all I want to know. I think it'd be cool. Um, and, and you better have a good reason why. So, Daniel Cormier, half an hour ago, I told you that this was leading somewhere. Got it. I think Daniel Cormier is done. Pull the plug. He's out. And I think Dana White is probably relieved that it has finally happened. Right. Because I don't think that Daniel Cormier has been particularly good for the sport. Although Daniel Cormier is probably the guy at the top of his game in UFC who is most like every guy that's sitting watching a, a fight. Um, I'm not sure that he's been particularly good for the sport from a promotion standpoint. So I'm sure that they'll help nudge him out the door. And I think that a, a third fight with Stipe is probably not going to happen. And you're going to correlate. This is going to correlate with your man Boogie Cousins. This is going to tie right into Demarcus Cousins. Demarcus Cousins, over the last three or four years, 
has suffered these gargantuan injuries. It was the torn Achilles two years ago, and now word out of L.A. is that he's torn his ACL. Now, this is a huge human being. This is not some wiry guy that weighs, you know, that's six foot six, uh, uh, you know, 185 pounds. This is a big dude. And a torn ACL, with as limited as his mobility had already gotten with the torn ACL, I would not be surprised at all if Boogie Cousins calls it a career, rolls off into the sunset, and counts his money. Well, I know hindsight's twenty twenty. He really should have taken that year off with the Golden State Warriors and got got right. Maybe even shed some pounds. But now, I'm, I'm, you, you can with medicine what they're doing with stuff now. It's it's not a hundred percent sure that he's out, but that's going to take a lot of work to come back from those two injuries. Well, and that's the question. I know when he when he when he had the quad injury in the finals, um, there were questions, or in the playoffs, he questioned himself whether or not he was going to come back from it because he's so beat down, and you know all the rehab that has to go in. It's one thing if you you know some guy on the street goes in and has an ACL surgery. For a supreme athlete to put in the work to get back takes a mammoth effort. And I just don't know that Boogie Cousins' heart is in doing that. And even if he does come back, the idea that he's going to come back and be anything like the player he was several years ago... Um, well, he was probably remote. We already wasn't getting off the floor like he was before the first injury, and it was noticeable. You know, he was just a big guy that could shoot, but you know, he could get to the rim, but he wasn't get elevating as much even with the first injury. Yeah, he wasn't getting off the floor. Right. I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen a, a a shorter vertical leap than Boogie Cousins displayed in the playoffs this past season. Austin Thomas just ducked in via text, by the way, and said eighty-eight players have struck out four batters in an inning in Major League Baseball. Well, That's a lot. More than I would have thought. Um, so Boogie Cousins, the reason I invoke Boogie, first of all, it's it's newsworthy. Um, it's a it's small ding into the Lakers' chances to win a championship next year. The crazy part, and this has nothing to do with where we're headed next, is that the Lakers appear to be seeking a replacement to be the second big for them. Have you seen who they're chasing right now, Brandon? Who's that? Dwight Howard. Oh, gosh. Please don't do that. Dwight Howard. This is a dude that put a cape on and essentially made a a layup and somehow won the dunk contest. Well, look. When he was Superman, he was something. He was young. He was hungry. He put that Orlando Magic team on his back. He got him to an NBA Finals. Uh, you know, Dwight Howard was the best big man in the game, period, and the sky was the limit. And at some point, he became a locker room killer and yeah. has had no success individually or team-wise since then at any one of his stops. One of the most the one of the biggest underperforming teams we've ever seen was was when Dwight Howard rolled down to Houston and everyone anointed them world champions and that didn't right. work out. And every step of the way since then it's gotten worse. Now, I will say that if there is one place playing with one guy 
where this could ever work for Dwight Howard and he could get some of the tarnish off of his legacy, it's with LeBron. Because there is no doubt that LeBron is the center of gravity. You know, when we saw Dwight Howard in Charlotte, Dwight Howard went out there, and when you look at his numbers, you're like, man, this guy's a top 10 center in the league. Mm -hmm. He's going to go get you 16 and 13 every night. And there's a lot to be said for that. The problem is, is that playing within the construction of the offense just ain't going to happen. He still has periods where he is a black hole. The ball goes down in the post. It's not coming out. Doesn't matter what's going on. He's not going to set hard screens. He's not, you know, he's going to play in spurts. It's a mess. But if properly motivated, Dwight Howard can play some ball. So it's interesting. The Grizzlies have given the Grizzlies have given the Lakers permission to talk to Dwight Howard. They just soon he roll on out there and they'll take anything. <laughs> no, we'll help pack. Yeah. Um, so a very interesting turn of events. Uh, interesting to see what's going on. But, but I say Boogie Cousins. We talked about if can we I, could. Can I, let me jump in here. Yeah. Boogie Cousins has one of the, my favorite quotes of all time. Back when he was playing with the U.S. men's team for Coach K in Spain, a reporter tried to embarrass him by asking him where Sl- Slovenia was. And he said, do you know where Alabama is? <laughs> And I just love that answer. Like, I mean, he, he was repping his, you know, he's repping his ha- hometown and also saying, I'm not answering your stupid question just well, because I don't know where Here's the in. thing about Boogie Cousins. Boogie Cousins, from my vantage point, is not a bad guy. What Boogie Cousins is, is in an age where every social media warrior out there is a tough guy. And folks like Draymond Green, who know there are 18 layers of people getting in the way if I confront you one-on-one is a fake tough guy. Yeah, Boogie fake. Cousins is a guy nobody in basketball is going to mess with. That's a bad dude. Except for Chris Paul. No, yeah, whatever. Chris Paul does try to get under his Chris his Paul skin. gets under his skin, but Chris Paul get dude, come on. Uh, you saw if, if you we're mean- squaring off, I want if, if the zombie apocalypse comes, I want Boogie Cousins on my squad. As we try to make our way through post-apocalyptic Earth, um, Boogie Cousins is a bad human being, dude. He's a bad man, right? And people have misconstrued that, and they're like, "Oh, he's a you know, he's a bad dude." No, he's a tough guy. He's a real tough guy, and he's, a guy. I hesitate to even call him Boogie. I feel like I should refer to him as Mister Cousins. If he came in here, that's what. That's we'd a do. bad man. You're right about Draymond. You saw all you needed to know is that series where Draymond kicked LeBron and LeBron turned around on him and he just melted <laughs> like he wanted to disappear. That's all you need to know about them. But yeah, Boogie's, Boogie is like a ma- – that's what's so sad. It's not to the extent of like, a, oh, that's so sad because Bo Jackson with that perfect body blows out and has an injury. But it's still sad because you look at that body and you're like, this guy can't go anymore. That's a shame. It is a shame. It is a shame, and and I feel for him. The other thing with Boogie Cousins is he is a cautionary tale for other athletes out there, and I'll talk about the influence or the lesson that should be taken from Boogie Cousins' situation and how it applies to some athletes that are out there on the sports landscape right now. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats right here in Sanford, North Carolina on WFJ 105.5 FM and around the world as a podcast and internet radio stream.
We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there, as you grow, protecting you and those you love. And we are there, as you start your next chapter. We are with you through life's journey. We are Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. WFJA 105.5, Sanford, Pinehurst, Southern Pines. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you, A, get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B, find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C, show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Swimming pools can be lots of fun, but they can be dangerous too, especially for young children. Always practice simple safety steps to prevent tragedies. Fence all pools. Teach kids to swim. And always watch them around water. No horseplay. Simple steps save lives. To learn new life-saving steps, visit PoolSafely.gov. A public service message from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. A message from the American Migraine Foundation. It's an absolute nightmare. There's pain that does not stop. I feel trapped by migraine. Migraine is a disabling disease. I feel like I'm dying. You feel like the world's closing in on you. There's nothing you can do. It's like you're trapped in your head. There's no escaping it. You can't leave your body. Don't suffer alone. Make your move against migraine. Visit AmericanMigraineFoundation.org to find help, learn more, and get connected. Welcome back from the Chief Seats. Talking about Boogie Cousins and the lesson here. Now, we went through this last year with Le'Veon Bell. We we see athletes all over the place. Dallas Keuchel did it in, in Major League Baseball in, in a different sort of way. And these guys, as fans, we look at these players that are holding out or won't take less than market value and, you know, our perspective is always one of supreme optimism. Well, you bet on yourself, man. You know, you come out there and show them you do it, and you'll get this contract, blah, 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 blah. And we forget that the shelf life for these athletes is so short. Right. And when you're talking about a pitcher that can blow out their arm, a basketball player that can, you know, tear an ACL or an Achilles, or a football player that can virtually anything can happen to um, – the idea that we're quick to say, you know, you ought to, you ought to this and you ought to that. The money that we're talking about is so foreign to the rest of us. And let, let's go back in time a year ago. And at this point last year, Boogie Cousins had not found a landing spot with a long-term contract that was where he wanted it to be. 
Um, now, had he continued to, to continued to wait in a holding pattern, somebody would have given him something akin to a max contract, a long term deal. You know, even on the low side, we're talking about somewhere in the realm of one hundred twenty, hundred thirty thousand dollars over a four year period. Instead, Boogie Cousins bet on himself and took a one year deal on the mid-level exception with the Golden State Warriors. Now, from a practical standpoint, he gave up in excess of $100 million in guaranteed money because NBA contracts are guaranteed. Once they're good, you're, you're in there. Whether you play or not, you're getting that cash. Right. Gives up over $100 million in guaranteed money, goes out, comes back probably sooner than he should have in an effort to win a world championship. This had very little to do with him trying to make any more money in his career because had he just sat out and was still an unknown quantity, he would have been back into the league the following year, this year, and nobody would have batted an eye. Instead, he comes back, he's a broken shell of himself, and now in preparation to get ready to kind of rehab his career properly, tears an ACL and his damaged goods evermore. It's really sad, but I think for every story like this, there's a success story, too. It well, all come, look, look at Joe Flacco, bet on himself, and then got the big ch- contract, and he, he can't play worth a darn anymore. You well, know there I mean? are, and it, it's a matter of what you're willing to, what you're willing to risk, and, and everybody has to go through that process of examining what's the risk, what's the possible return on that investment. But in Boogie's case, well, it's just that's a hundred million plus dollars that are gone. He is never I, going to get back. I'm with you, and I feel really bad for him. Um, but you know, that, that's those are the only stories that we remember because they are sad stories. We don't remember the Joe Flacco stories because he's gone off. I guess he's in Denver now. But, he's, but the, he's, he's sorry in Denver now, but with the big contract. But here's the deal, Brandon. With Joe, Flacco, let's examine the Joe Flacco situation for a second. Joe Flacco played his contract year without holding out. Didn't want to sign a new deal because he felt like he could go out that year and put up numbers and a performance that would get him an even bigger deal. So the difference in what he would have gotten had he signed a long-term deal before that Super Bowl year and what he got after that is is significant. You know, what do you figure? Maybe 20% more, whatever the case might be. What we're talking about with Boogie Cousins essentially is nothing versus what he would have gotten had he taken a long-term deal and done the the, the sort of more conservative bet on himself. Right. Now the other piece with that in the NBA, it's a little bit different because there is you're, you're not you can't just keep making more and more and more and more. There is a cap on what the maxes are, but the bottom line is that's a lot of change coming out of that dude's pocket that he's never going to get back. Now that said, Boogie Cousins up to this point in his life has made generational money. Yeah, it's I all mean, he ain't missing. It's meals. all relative, you know. Well, it is relative, but no matter who you are, if you're not in the category of you know Warren Buffett, a hundred million dollars is a lot of cheese. That's a lot of cheddar. So that's a lot of shekels. Yeah, it is a lot of shekels. So my point with this is is that as a viewing public and as a fan of these teams, this is not hypothetical. You know, we always talk about well, he could get hurt and then he doesn't get anything. Well, in some cases, it is as dramatic as that, and he does get hurt, and he is going to get nothing. 
So this gives a little bit of different context to Le'Veon Bell as he went through his hijinks last year with the with the contract holdout and basically said, I'm just not going to play. Y'all going to have to give me this much guaranteed money. Now, and in the end, we love to pile on to Le'Veon Bell and we're like, well, Bro. you know, with the contract he signed, he gave up this much money, blah, 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 blah. But you can't go back in time and know for certain that Le'Veon Bell plays last year and gets through that season unscathed and then goes on to get the you know the contract that he's got now with the Jets. I don't know if you remember, but I was always for Le'Veon doing whatever he wanted to do because that's your body, that's your that's your money, and and ultimately it's the NFL's fault. It's Roger Goodell and the NFL, uh, NFL's fault if I could get that out because they have devalued the running back so much that you have to get it when you can get it. Well, even now there are calls that the new collective bargaining agreement needs to be reworked and that there needs to be a rework specifically for the structure of running backs contracts dude shut up that's ridiculous because if it's running backs now what's it going to be the next time is it going to be rush ins is it going to be linebackers yes in this in this vacuum we're in a space uh, a place in time where the the shelf life on running backs is shorter than it is for most positions. Right. But you can't start making rules, well, that's just for running backs, because then if I want to get creative with negotiating, you know, and I've got a, a, a client that's a wide receiver, well, you know, he does line up uh, in the backfield occasionally. Yeah, you know, I, I it just opens too many things, and, and it's sort of an equal protection type situation. I'm, I'm I don't here, know that it's feasible. I'm hoping that you don't come up with a really good example of what I'm about to say. But what other industry does – I know the quarterback gets it in his hands almost every snap, most snaps. The running back has it about, what, 50% of the time, depending on the team that you're uh, – what, what other industry do you take your horse – that like is you're churning and get you know coming up with all the production and you don't pay them appropriately. It's kind of like a CEO. I have never wanted to be a CEO in my life because you know what those dudes do? They are they live in the building. Like they got almost no life and they get paid to do that. Like I, I feel I've worked at a, a number of different companies and I've always felt bad for the CEO because we look at CEOs like you know you're. That's where you want to get to ultimately. Not me. I don't want to live in the office, but they get paid appropriately. And I just think that running backs have figured out that the league and their teams are not going to look after them. Then they got to do what they got to do. And I, I would support Zeke Elliott and anything he wants to do with his career, his money, and all the rest. Well, you know, there is a new startup organization, the International Brotherhood of Running Backs. Is that right? And, and now people laugh at that, but what we saw years ago was the quarterback club where the quarterbacks kind of came into the fold and said, hey, this is what we're going to do. And here's the God's honest truth. The reason that it was so important for the owners to get slotted salary positions in the draft really didn't have anything to do with running backs. It was because of the quarterback contracts. These quarterback contracts for quarterbacks taken at number one in particular were becoming franchise cripplers if you got stuck with a guy that didn't work, 
you know, you look back at Tim Couch and Achilles Smith and some of these other quarterbacks that were taken one, David Carr, the contracts they signed relative to the rest of the market for players in the NFL were ludicrous. And given a league that's hard capped, there just wasn't anything they could do with it. Right. Now, there are some other solutions. I don't know that there's any cheap solutions, but with the running backs, it's easy to say, well, these running backs, man, you, you know, they're only worth so much. Well, when you look at it, in the draft, on an annual basis, you're really only bringing three or four impact running backs into the league, where you're drafting probably 75 of these guys. Right. So it's only a small group of players, and something probably needs to be done in terms of allowing the franchise more flexibility to not be locked into that rookie deal indefinitely. But it's a complicated sort of set of machinations that has to go on. But the bottom line is I and the rest of the world probably need to be more patient with a guy like Lev Bell, even if he is kind of a tool. Just relax and, and understand the idea that one of these professional athletes can go out there, tear themselves up, and be done forever is a legit thing, and we see it with Boogie Cousins right now. Boogie will never get that money back. See, I've never understood the whole thing about, well, we don't want to pay you because you're a tool. I know someone <laughs> in my own family, I'm not saying George Clooney is a, a a tool, but they will not go watch his movies because of his politics, okay? I think that's the dumbest thing on earth. Like, I go to watch a George Clooney movie because he's entertaining. Brad Pitt, they're entertaining. I have zero, unless you're not beaten Somebody, you know, you're not beating your kids or, or you're not deadbeat or whatever the case may be. If you're a little bit of a jerk and can, you know, run the ball 400 times, I don't care. I'm going to pay you. Well, that's interesting, and it raises a, a very, very interesting question. But Lev Bell was one piece of this. Now, though, this year, there's some folks that took a lesson from Lev Bell and are employing it currently and could have a major major impact on the NFL. We'll take a deep dive into both of those situations with Melvin Gordon and Zeke Elliott on the other side, and there's no way that we get through the next 45 minutes without touching on Antonio Brown. And it's interesting because you said, hey, do you pay a guy that's a jerk? Well, look, sometimes when you pay a guy that's a jerk, you get what you deserve, and that may be the case with John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders right now. We'll take a peek at it. I want to hear what Brandon has to say. You're listening to From the Chief Seats in Central North Carolina. You guys are the best. We appreciate you hanging out with us. you became a house hunting ace learned about loans scoured neighborhoods and asked the right questions now you're queen of your castle if you manage that you can get your retirement plan on track visiting aceyourretirement.org can help with 401k tips and smart saving strategies you'll feel empowered to own your retirement like you own your home go to aceyourretirement.org because when it comes to clearing financial hurdles you're an ace brought to you by aarp and the ad council Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life. 
Young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Debt. If you get in too deep, members of the NFCC, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, can help you put debt in its place. Credit cards took charge of my financial life. A certified credit counselor helped me get back in control. Student loan debt followed me wherever I went. NFCC taught me all I needed to know. Connect with an NFCC certified credit counselor at your local member agency today. We'll help you put debt in its place. Go to nfcc.org slash stop debt or call 877-410-6322. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. <laughs> Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have meals on wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Hello, it's me, the designer jeans in the back of your closet. What happened to us? I used to summer in the Hamptons, and now I'm stuck behind a pair of sweats. Okay, maybe I never really fit you right, but I got a lot more Sunday fun days left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Welcome back from the Chiefs. He's having a spirited debate. I don't know if it's All fit right. for Here the general go. public. I see shaking heads out there. 
But here, look, I'm just going to touch on this. I'm not going to take a deep dive into it. But Jay-Z has contracted with the NFL. Oh, God, we're talking about for, this. We're, we're talking about it. To do a halftime show and to advance the awareness related to police violence in the black community. And I look, I'm just going to put it out there, and, and I'm not going to take a stand one way or the other. I have some fairly strong feelings about it. Uh, if you want to go see those or hear those, go back to some of the podcasts because there were some times that I railed. Um, but this, uh, I'm not going to do that to WFJ. And uh, you know, <laughs> I like this gig. I'm not going <laughs> to not going to devolve into politics. But here is my thing: there is, regardless of how you see this issue, there is a certain amount of uh, irony. In the fact that Eric Reed has <laughs> that, been the voice that has called out Jay Z and essentially said he is a sellout for contracting to take money from the NFL when Eric Reed is currently under contract taking money from the NFL. So you look, you don't get to be an activist and say, you know, don't do the same thing I'm doing because you're not doing it exactly like me. Come on, man. That that doesn't advance anybody's agenda and really has a lot of people looking down their nose at Eric Reed right now. And Colin Kaepernick, of course, piles on. The beef I have with Colin Kaepernick has nothing to do with kneeling, not kneeling, bringing attention to social issues or whatever. The fact of the matter is I know beyond any shadow of a doubt that Colin Kaepernick, if the Carolina Panthers called him today, and said, hey, man, $20 million to come in and be Cam's backup, that dude would be on a plane with his pen and his agent to sign that contract, period. Sure. He continues to enter into negotiation with NFL teams about coming back and playing for them, the most recent of which has been the Philadelphia Eagles, and they're not willing to pay him $20 million, and it has nothing to do with his social stance. It has everything to do with the fact he's not worth $20 million a year. That's what it kind of keeps coming down to for me is that if he played that position of quarterback and of course I want to be fair to um, Kaepernick because he is the face of this thing he's taken on a lot <laughs> can you imagine having to deal with this every day of your life and, I, and, and you know what whether you, whether you respect his views or not it, it is fair that you have to recognize that he did sacrifice. It, it's not fair to say, well, this didn't have any impact. Yes, he was less of a player when he did this than he was to start with, all the rest of that. But he did chop his legs off for something that he felt was important. And whether you agree with it or not, you have to admire it to a certain standpoint. Or I do. To I a mean, certain extent. I admire I admire having to take up that weight of this entire topic. But my point is is that it, and the proof is in the pudding with Eric Reed. Okay? He, although he didn't have a great season last year, and I'm a Panthers fan, um, he can play that position as well as anybody in the league, right? Uh, that's an overstatement. Well, he, is, he, he, is, he is a quality NFL season. He's, he's had all pro years. So he's kneeling. I know he's not in, in, in front of this thing like Cap in terms of being the face of this, but he is good enough that a GM made a decision to hire him and pay him because he plays at a high level at his position. Now, the same GM might go look at Kaepernick and whether he's got stats close to, should he be a, a backup quarterback? Yeah, probably, but you weigh, it's a formula. You weigh the media 
coming into your camp and causing destruction, uh, distractions all the time. And there's peop- if there's a tiebreaker, then I'm going to go with this guy over here rather than bring the media firestorm. But I do have one question, or I'm going to have a statement. I know that at the core, Jay-Z is coming in here trying to do the right thing because, Chris, if let's just play like you're Jay-Z right now, okay? You're a billionaire, right? Who's your wife again? Oh, yeah, Beyonce. What's he rank in to- in terms it easily top 15 rapper of all time? It's top 15 for sure. Okay. Yeah. I don't think he gets much higher than that, but top 15. But in terms of parlaying that that rap ability into commercial success, he might be number 1. Oh, oh no, I'm, I'm not saying uh, that's my you're building my point is that why on earth would you get into this situation? And I know there's some personal gain. I mean, they're going to get paid. Rock Nation doesn't do anything for free, but you're you're already how much money do you want? You know what I mean? Like you own part of a NBA basketball team. You're a billionaire. Beyonce's your wife. You're top fifteen and easily rapper of all time. You well, got businesses. You got your. He does your, have to recoup his losses from title. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when title was was going to take over music and change the way music was distributed, and that just fell. That blew up in their faces. I had to get that out there. I get your point a hundred percent. So at the core, I think he's trying to do the right I, thing. I do too. And and here's the thing: is that Jay Z has this uh, intrinsic tool at his disposal. Anything Jay-Z is fooling with, Beyonce is in too. Right. And as big a deal as Jay-Z is, if you don't think Beyonce is the biggest entertainer on the planet right now, you're, you're, you've been sleeping in a cave. Yeah, you're right. And I'm not a huge fan, but I do appreciate what she's able to do. Um, Especially for all the single ladies. And it, Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing with... with Jay-Z and Beyonce is sort of the de facto partner here getting involved in this is it is taking a little bit of a risk because there are going to be a significant number of Americas in this post-2016 world who are like, I don't have any time for this. And the, the here's the other piece of this, too. This may be the first David Silver-inspired Adam Silver, sorry. Inspired that. move that, that the NFL has ever made because the NBA, more so than any league on our landscape, has been very sensitive to social issues and being progressive. The NFL has been the old stuffy, you know, 75 year old white guys with cigars in a smoke filled room making decisions. The NFL has taken a huge chance here. You know, you know what I think two big mistakes that are made. First of all, you don't have a press conference sitting next to Roger Goodell. You're already starting behind when you do that in the eyes of many. Agreed. Right? So you have some other suit sitting with you that represents the NFL, not Roger Goodell. Agreed. The other part of it is why – I just think there was mistakes made. Why do you not bring in – you're a billionaire. Why don't you bring in Kaepernick and help him with this whole program – Pay him $20 million a year. You got plenty of money to do it. Why wouldn't you involve him? Now, there's new new news. They're saying two different things. So Kaepernick's wife or girlfriend, I don't know, says that they never talked before the press conference. Jay-Z references two or three times that they did talk. So somebody's lying there, but the big thing is, is why wouldn't you just brought him in to begin with? I, I don't know that I don't know that he needed to be a part of it for me, but I will say that the NFL has created a situation now where they have empowered Jay Z to sort of be the voice of this progressive activity. Look, 
Here's the deal. And the NFL does a real good job with damage control. In the wake of the whole anthem controversy a couple years ago, there legitimately were tens, hundreds of thousands of NFL Sunday ticket subscribers with DirecTV that cut it off. Yeah, I know that's a case, and that had they have not necessarily recovered from that, and doubling down on the issue that created that circumstance in the first place in a day and age where people are finding ways around paying for things anyway yeah. could do even more damage to services like that. So the NFL, there is something at stake here, but kudos to them, I suppose, for having the stones to say, look, we're going to get out here and try and do some good in their eyes. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I, it's funny that I posed the question earlier. Nobody's responded. I'm a little, little disappointed by that. About what politician... Uh, from what celebrity you'd like to see be a politician in your county um, or your municipality. I'm thinking that Colin Kaepernick uh, would be unwelcome as a candidate in a lot of in a lot of places. And it's because of that notoriety. Now, you talked about Eric Reed and the fact that Eric Reed was still at the top of his game when the Panthers took a chance on him, brought him in and felt like he had value for the team. Here's the deal. If you take Eric Reed relative to the other safeties in football, he's probably sort of at, um, if you look at quarterbacks, he's probably at Matt Ryan level. You know, he's really good. Right, yeah. Not one of the, you know, not one of the premier guys, but he's really, really good and brings a lot to your franchise. So, first of all, Eric Reed was at that type caliber. And if Matt Ryan hit the open market, he would, you know, be paid accordingly. So, the question, though, is with Kaepernick. And there's two things at play. First of all, in a sort of hierarchy of quarterbacks, this guy was at sort of Ryan Fitzpatrick level when he punched out of the NFL. Um, Maybe Ryan Tannehill, who now is battling, trying to get a job. Then, though, you have to look at the fact that whether we like it or not, there are differences in positions. We talked about how different the running back position is and the, the challenges it poses for the players in the length of their careers. Quarterbacks... The exact opposite. You're bringing a quarterback in. That guy's the face of the franchise. You're going to install him, and in a perfect world, you have the same guy back there for 10 years. You don't get to not do that. Kyler Murray is finding that out in Arizona right now. He's the face of the franchise. He's the worst interview ever. Right. And that, at some point, is going to be a problem for the Cardinals because he just doesn't have the personality to be that guy, and it's one of the expectations. And if you take a political activist and install him at quarterback with the sheer volume of words he is going to say to the press, at some point you run the risk that he is going to say something that's at odds with the values and principles of the organization. Eric Reed, you can stick it. Even as vocal as Eric Reed is, nobody's interviewing Eric Reed. Eric Reed's not getting any press. People are like, ah, you play safety. What you know, whatever, right. dude. All right, we'll we'll take a break. We got half an hour to go. We got a lot of ground to cover. I don't know how this happens, man. We always run out of time.
So why do teenagers play high school sports? My reason why is a sense of purpose. My reason why is to inspire others. One reason student athletes seldom mention is to get an athletic scholarship. They know that only 2% of all high school athletes are awarded a sports scholarship. So why do they play? My reason why is friendship. Tell us your reason using the hashtag MyReasonWhy. This message presented by the NFHS and the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. Have you mixed your pain meds, your sleep meds, your allergy meds? Call the Poison Helpline. Has your child eaten a tube of toothpaste, a chip of paint, a wild mushroom? Call the Poison Helpline. Have you been bitten by a spider, a snake, an insect? Call the Poison Helpline. Poisonings can happen at the home, on the job, or in the great outdoors. Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222 anytime, anywhere. 1-800-222-1222. Save the number, save a life. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Joel Klein catches a 7 o'clock train after his evening CPR class at the American Red Cross. Ron Garrett is on the same train. He's had a rough day and doesn't feel like himself. Until he feels the sudden tightness in his chest, Ron never thought he'd actually have a heart attack. Until Joel is administering CPR, he never thought he'd actually save a life. When you train with the Red Cross, you change a life. Starting with your own. Call 1-800-RED-CROSS or visit redcross.org to learn about life-changing opportunities in your area. Tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home gym. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. Like making sure they're buckled up. The whole ride, every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Check her out. When young men turn 18, they think they know a lot about the facts of life. But there are a few more facts they need to know. Fact, you have to register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. Fact, registration keeps you eligible for government jobs and student loans. Fact, it's easy to register. Just visit sss.gov or any post office. Register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. And that's a fact. From the cheap seats, Chris Lambert, Brandon Atkins, solving all the world's problems this morning. Yeah, we we got off the air and kind of went. Whew. I think we handled that pretty well. Well, I went next door to see if uh, John Hockaday, the uh, owner of the station here at WFJ, was sitting in his office listening to the show as he normally is. But he's out there now. I'm a little concerned. He's definitely no. Listening. What 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 I'm concerned about is that he's driving somewhere. And we got to. We may have to call the highway patrol to make sure he didn't put his car in a ditch somewhere. Because I just had these visions of him abort, 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 abort. I think we dodged the button. all the landmines so too, and uh, kind of, pitfalls. Kind of impressed. I should be hard to talk about Jay Z cruising along in life, and then all of a sudden he's got a hard nice life. Oh come on, man! Hey, I got two celebrity uh, um, politicians for hit you. Me, I me, think either me. one of them would be awesome. Uh, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> if Dave Chappelle becomes the mayor somewhere, I'm moving there. Period. Period. It doesn't matter where it's at. I mean, I just think he would be like have a gavel and be like, 
I, um, I think you'd wear a powdered wig. And I, I know this is kind of too similar because they're both comedians, but I love Kevin Hart. I think oh, Kevin God. Hart would be off the no. off the charts. I'm not dude. living in Kevin Hart's world. Dave Chappelle, OG, I'm I'm there, dude. I'm I'm on it. I'm on it. Um, you know, you talk about celebrity politicians. I think it's inevitable that at some point Peyton Manning is going to be the governor of Tennessee. Oh yeah, I think it's inevitable. So we'll see. On the other hand, I do not think it's inevitable that Cam Newton will be the governor of North Carolina. So there you go. Just saying. The Rock the would Rock be would be a, a great one. leader. The Rock could run for president. He is one of those guys that sort of transcends everything. And it's interesting because you know, the the guys there are guys out there, celebrities that get it. I'm old enough to remember when Joe Walsh used to run for president every year. I'm sure that there's some listeners out there and some people well, Joe Walsh, who are you talking about? He was the guitarist for the Eagles. Um that came in about halfway through their their big deal and then you know he and the james gang joe walsh one of the great rock guitarists of all time life's been good to me so far um rocky mountain way awesome but he used to put his name in as a write-in candidate and run for president i don't think he's still doing it of course ted nugent has been a uh, uh quasi candidate all the rest of that and then last cycle kid rock <laughs> What did that? What what happened to that? I don't even know what happened with that. The crazy part of of Kid Rock, and this this is mind boggling to me, is that the folks that are on the Kid Rock for Senate bandwagon are the far right. This is a guy that made an album called Devil Without a Cause. Mm-hmm. They need to listen to this album straight through. <laughs> I never got. It's all about you know smoking drugs and you know cursing people out, and fighting and all the rest of this stuff. And they're like, "That's our guy." I've never, I, I never I don't except know. for that one song where he goes, "My name is Kid." I never got the Kid Rock sensation. I like, liked Kid Rock. I didn't love Kid Rock. Kid Rock is one of those artists. First time I heard him, I like that's really cool. And it was uh, "Ba with a Ba" was the first song I ever heard. Yeah, and I was like, dude. And it figured, okay, that was cool. This is sort of, you know, House of Pain, his jump around moment where this dude is off the radar forever. And Kid Rock's still around doing it. You know, he does a duet with Sheryl Crow. Now he's a country artist. Blah, blah. I don't know how this has happened. You know, he's one of those guys that's taken a little bit of talent and stretched a long way. Oh. Um, not to, you know, Jay-Z levels. I already know who yours would be. Who's that? David Grohl. Dave Grohl? We started the Dave Grohl for President, you know, campaign Where did that go? a couple of years ago. It got no traction. We were the only, or I was the only person that thought Dave Grohl ought to be president. But who doesn't love Dave Grohl? He's just you awesome. know the only the only people Dave Grohl has ever had beef with are Nickelback, Chad uh, Kroger and his band, and they're Canadian. I gotta I gotta say something that is gonna hurt your feelings right now. Talk to me. So I go to this place called Revelry. To I have a beard now, so I get my hair cut and. Um, Beard shaved down in Fuquay or up in Fuquay Verena. The guy who does my my I'd say does my hair does my um, beard trim is a musician, and he has people who know Dave Grohl, and they say he's kind of a jerk. Well, I'm know. just I, I'm I just thought I would share that. I don't, now it's come out. I wish I hadn't shared that with you because that's you look funny so sad. that you say that because I have had other people share stories with me about Dave Grohl that are hysterical. And how they've interacted with him in real life. Um, I don't. 
So, like I said, we don't, I don't care if you're a jerk. If you want to come here and play awesome music, we've already. This is going to hurt some people's fan, uh, feelings, but we've already established between closed conversations that he's so much better than Kurt Cobain. Correct? Oh, I'm look. We can talk about Kaepernick and Eric Reed and the rest of that. I'm not getting in that conversation. I am. I do personally feel like Foo Fighters have transcended Nirvana. That's gonna. And yes, Dave Grohl is a superior artist and musician to Kurt Cobain. But I don't even want to hear from folks that are Nirvana fans. I'm not trying to hear it. Not trying to hear it. Just not going to entertain it. So there you are. And if anybody, that is the one band that's touring now that is simply larger than life. And there are plenty of acts out there that are paying. You know, I keep looking at concert tickets for stuff as it comes through. And some I'm interested in seeing, some I'm not. You know, whether it's Taylor Swift or Jay-Z or whatever. And these ticket prices starting at, you know, 235 a seat yeah. in the nosebleeds. I'm like, come on, man. Really? That's just ridiculous. So the... Concert tickets don't drive that for me, but I think Foo Fighters are that one band that's touring right now where people are like, "Yeah, they're bigger. You gotta go, you gotta they're go bigger than anybody else." And if you get a chance to see them, you have to. It is an absolute event. We saw them in Greensboro a couple years ago, and they played for over three hours straight through. Amazing performance. It's a lot, a lot of fun. Are you familiar with the artist Khalid? Khalid? Uh, no. Okay, so it's one of my. I do know who you're talking about. Yes, it's not DJ Khaled. It's Khalid, and uh, so my daughter wanted to go, and I took her to the concert. This is kind of why I don't go to concerts. So she, if she goes, she wants my her sister's going to want to go. Then they also want to bring two friends, which they're of the age. A concert, you don't want them running around. A concert, at, you know, twelve. I think when we, we went was 12. so you have to go too. So I have to go, too. and then the nervous father of the young friend is kind of nervous, and I go. I, okay, I get you a ticket too. So, like a couple of girl later, I get to see Khalid live. But I will tell oh you God. this: it was an underage group, uh, underage crowd, zero beer lines. I, I was going to say the only benefit is that you know you can head straight over to the beer line. Um, yeah, I you you need to learn to say no. Oh, I do now because I'm. I yeah. d- uh, what's the guy? It's not going to happen. Um. Anyway, you want to talk some sports again? Yeah, I really. Very much would. We got about 20 minutes to go, and we were talking in terms of Lev Bell last year. Well, this year we've got two premium running backs in the NFL who are holding out. Now, Melvin Gordon with the Chargers has put a line in the sand and said he is not playing without a new deal. Entering into a contract year, and the Chargers, when you look at the AFC, have got to be on the short list of, of legit contenders. I mean, you've got Kansas City and New England are probably the prohibitive favorites. After that, there's a couple of teams. San Diego sort of heads that list. They are primed to finally get that Super Bowl with Phillip Rivers there. Phillip Rivers is on the way out. I mean, you've got two or three years left with Rivers. He is one of the premier quarterbacks in the NFL, and, and he never makes it quite as high into the conversation as he should, but he is the leader of that team. They've got a lot of weapons around there. Keenan Allen, um, Mike Williams is out there. People forgot about him. Then you look at the defense with Nick Bosa. I mean, Derwin James went down the other day. He's going to miss a couple that. months. That's huge. Huge. Derwin James, the best player nobody's heard of outside of San Diego yet. Well, um, everything I've heard about the Melvin Gordon situation is far different than Zeke Elliott's situation. Well, it, I it think is. Melvin is playing with fire. Um, oh, for sure. I think Dallas – hey, I'm trying to knock and get Dallas's attention. 
Football starts here in a week or so. For real. You don't have your quarterback signed, you don't have your Amari Cooper signed, and you don't have Zeke Elliott signed. Well, all the, of those guys are under contract now. So, they, so uh, they're, they're all also, under contract. Okay. The problem they is they all new want deals. new deals. That's they're right. all coming into well, contract years. They, and Zeke has – essentially, Zeke has two years left. But Zeke, for real, is like, I'm going to Cabo, and unless y'all give me a new deal, I'm not playing. Well, the the thing there is you lose – it's like Le'Veon Bell. Like, he's not just a running back. Le'Veon Bell gets lined up in the slot, catches passes. It, it creates a situation for your offense to completely open up. Zeke does something very similar – um, in terms of these next level, like Tech Mobile uh, running back. Yeah. But I don't know if you saw it. You can plug in that offensive line, you can plug Pollard. Dude. And have him run between right. the tackles. Stop. No, I'm just saying. Stop it. Stop it, Brandon. Is this Stop who, it. Is this who you like yells the loudest? Stop who it. Wins the argument? Stop it. Tony Pollard at Memphis last year averaged fewer than six carries a game. At college, hey, did playing you, twelve games. I know you did, but he, did anybody know, know James Conner's name before the beginning dude, of the last year? Different animal, and and that's the history of it. If you look back at the Pittsburgh Steelers, they just turn out running backs. Remember when Willie Parker was one of the best backs in football? Yep. They just plug people in, man, all the way back to Bettis, whose career they reclaimed. You're talking about a guy that is playing with one of the best five quarterbacks in the NFL in an offense that is proven that it can it can replace you. So trying to say that, well, they can just plug in somebody else. Tony Pollard looks good, had 42 yards, I think, the other day on five carries and a touchdown. It looks great. And he is a nice little third-bound piece, whatever the case might be. Coming in, there are very few guys that can come in and take that ball 25 times a game for 16 weeks and then go in the playoffs and not be dead on their you, feet. You know I'm not saying they're the same thing. Right? I got you. I mean, I'm just saying I got you. until get things things get worked out, he's serviceable in, with that O-line. But here's here's the thing with Zeke. is Zeke has never been hurt. Zeke's been healthy all the way back to Ohio State, never had a significant injury. That availability is a huge piece of this. We've seen Dallas without Zeke. It ain't pretty. Yeah, you're right. I think outside of the midriff cutoff t-shirt. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Why you gotta talk about this dude's belly shirts, man? What, what are you doing? All right, but Zeke, we've seen Dallas without Zeke. It's a it's a train wreck. Now, on the other token, Melvin Gordon, dude, Mel- Melvin Gordon, guy, you've been hurt half your career. And when Melvin Gordon went down last year, the combination of Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler, they didn't miss a beat. So you're playing with fire, Melvin Gordon. Right. San Diego's not going to give an inch. LA. You don't want to play or L.A. Yeah, no, I meant San Diego. It's stupid it's, that they're in L.A. It's the Washington now. Bullets, too. It is. It's the Washington Bullets. I, it's, it's ridiculous. But Eckler and Jackson, dude, hey, fantasy sleepers. I, San Diego's not going to budge. They're not going to set that precedent. And they've got other guys that need to get paid down the road. Dallas, let me tell you something, Cowboys ownership. You are ridiculous. In the same breath that Jerry Jones is out there giving interviews saying, Zeke who? <laughs> it's being rumored that the number you're going to settle on with Dak Prescott is $37 million a year? Dude. Dak Prescott wants to be paid like the best quarterback in football. There's a problem with that. He is a bottom third starter in the league. Now, does he have more value to Dallas than to anybody else? Yes, but only because they didn't do anything to try and come up with a plan B. Right. Moving forward, 
going into next year with the entire offseason to approach to get through this, there is ample opportunity for Dallas to find someone that can give them the same type of value that Dak Prescott does for a fraction of that salary. Teddy Bridgewater, can you hear me? You've got lots of quarterback controversies going on or competitions out there where you're going to have a pretty good guy that's on the bench somewhere. Well, guess what? That's Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott with Zeke on the field together is productive. If Dak wasn't playing for Dallas, we wouldn't be hearing about it. No. You'd be trying to figure out, you know, what that team's going to do to find a legit quarterback down the road. And there is value in being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys that Dak Prescott is completely disrespecting. One, ain't no doggone chunky commercials coming his way if he goes to Tennessee. (laughs) That's just a fact of life. Texas has no state income tax. No less than eight of his 16 game checks are going to be stroked from the state of Texas. That's a lot of change when you're talking about being in that tax bracket. Dak Prescott needs to sign whatever he can get and drive on. Or he really, I'm going to be very interested to see, I almost hope it happens, that Dak Prescott takes a chance on himself and then goes into free agency next year. Because when you peel it apart, there are exactly two possible landing spots for him. It's Cincinnati and Tennessee. Ain't nobody in Tennessee or Cincinnati rolling out and cutting $37 million checks. We'll take one last break, and then we'll come back. We've hit the home stretch, and we will finish this thing up. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats in Central North Carolina. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there, as you grow, protecting you and those you love. And we are there, as you start your next chapter. We are with you through life's journey. We are Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you, A, get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B, find the positives. Less time blow-drying, more time texting. Or C, show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Swimming pools can be lots of fun, but they can be dangerous, too, especially for young children. Always practice simple safety steps to prevent tragedies. Fence all pools. 
teach kids to swim and always watch them around water. No horseplay. Simple steps save lives. To learn new life-saving steps, visit PoolSafely.gov. A public service message from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. From the Chief Seeds, Chris Lambert here. Brandon Atkins has abandoned me. I upset him when I yelled at him about the Zeke Elliott situation. I, d- dude, I hope you're listening on the way home, man. Don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. No, I'm going to do the last 10 minutes or so flying solo, and that's kind of a daunting task. Um, my wife has told me many, many times, if you can listen to the sound of your own voice without cringing, then you're probably a sociopath. And that's a little disconcerting because it doesn't bother me. Um, I just hope that I have enough material here to uh, entertain myself and you as well. Um, uh, talking about the Zeke Elliott situation, here, here's the deal. Tony Pollard, the, the Cowboys ownership group, seems to have fallen in love with. And I don't know if they're deluding themselves or if this is just part of the negotiating ploy that they want to try to convince Zeke Elliott that Tony Pollard might be an, uh, a legitimate option as the premier tailback in that Dallas offense. Zeke and confused. Zeke's been competing and been around high-level athletes since he stepped foot at o- on Ohio State campus six, seven years ago. Zeke knows that to be the number one running back on an NFL team Blitz pickup is a huge part of that. Zeke is an underrated receiver. He caught 77 balls last year. 77 balls. Now, when you if you want to put that in perspective, go look at your team's number two receiver. And in most cases, that's going to be significantly less than 77 catches. Zeke is the best back in football, period. There, there's not even a conversation to be made. So you cannot replace this guy. There is no trade. There is no deal. There is no guy that can be drafted in the next year that can replace what Zeke Elliott does for the Dallas Cowboys, period. It's just not possible. Dak Prescott, on the other hand, if they give this guy money that's anywhere near the top-paid quarterback in the NFL, this might go down as one of the dumbest contracts ever written. And the reason for that is you can look at guys like the Albert Hainsworth deal. And you're like, okay, well, Albert Hainsworth, you know, kind of quit, didn't do this. You can look at young guys that have gotten these big contracts based on perceived potential. There is no perceived potential with Dak Prescott. Nobody's saying that, well, he's been pretty good now. He's going to continue to get better. If anything, the guy's gotten worse over the course of the last three years. He is what he is, and it is a moderately successful NFL passer that really runs better than he passes the ball. Dak Prescott is not ever going to be a superstar in the NFL. He's only considered, does anybody even say he's a star? He's maybe more recognizable than average because he is the quarterback on the premium franchise in the NFL. This is a team that went from Stahlback to White to Aikman to Romo 
And for all of his warts, Tony Romo was 10 times the player Dak Prescott is. There was never a time when Tony Romo was handing the ball off to Zeke Elliott. What Zeke does for that franchise cannot be overstated. Now, we'll take that one step further. Amari Cooper is in a contract year. Up until the middle of last season, it looked like that Dallas offense was doomed to be a dink and dunk, run it up your run it up the gut offense because there was no down the field threat. There was no passing game, even with Zeke Elliott in the mix. Insert Amari Cooper, and you have a legitimate NFL number one receiver. All of a sudden, it looks passable. I don't think there could be any more clear demonstration that Amari Cooper and Zeke Elliott are more important to that Dallas Cowboys offense than Dak Prescott. I know that there are people out there that, well, look at the wins. Look at the wins. Dude, look at the offensive line. Look at the defense they've trotted out there. Look at Zeke Elliott. Dallas, pay that man. Over on the other side of the country, on the West Coast, the Chargers are being stared down by Melvin Gordon right now. Melvin Gordon, by all accounts, is a great guy. Great young man. Heads in the right place. Works hard. Melvin Gordon's had some injury issues. Melvin Gordon's one of those college backs that had a lot of tread taken off the tires while he was in college. Melvin Gordon is an exciting runner. Melvin Gordon has never shown himself to be a transformational player. Phillip Rivers was getting it done a long time before Melvin Gordon showed up. Melvin Gordon isn't even the best running back to come through the Chargers facility in the last decade. Look back to LaDainian Tomlinson. Gordon is a good running back who is not great. You're not going to win this standoff with the Chargers. It's simply not going to happen, especially when it's compounded by your injury history. Just not going to happen. We saw last year Justin Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler, those guys were fantasy darlings because they stepped in. The offense there in, it, with the Chargers didn't really miss a beat. So be careful what, you're, what you ask for. Earlier in this show, Brandon Atkins made a statement about paying jerks. I wish we had more than the next four minutes to talk about it, but don't you kind of feel like Oakland is getting what they deserved with this Antonio Brown deal? There's a reason the Steelers said enough. A third and a fifth, you can have him get him out of here. This is a guy that quit on his team with two weeks left in the regular season when the playoffs were still on the line. He is what he has shown himself to be. And he has never been willing to give any of his own personal credit to Ben Roethlisberger and anybody else on that offense. The chemistry between those two guys is indisputably as strong as anything we've seen since probably Marvin Harrison and and Peyton Manning. It's a special relationship. And Antonio Brown, yes, is a special athlete. But he was playing in a system that featured him with a quarterback who is absolutely fearless and willing to put the ball into tight spaces, unlike anything we've ever seen. And he flourished. Fast forward a year, and he's out in Oakland with a brand-new quarterback in a system he's unfamiliar with. He tears up his feet messing around in a cryogenic chamber. Now he 
has taken this stand with regard to the helmet policy in the NFL, they won't let him wear his own old helmet, which they say does not pass the new safety standards. Up until yesterday, Mike Mayock, the general manager, and John Gruden, the head coach of the Oakland Raiders, had been Team AB. Now Mike Mayock is out there and has started laying the groundwork from the Raiders moving on from Antonio Brown. We talked about leaving money on the table. Antonio Brown is not a young man. He has guaranteed money out there, but if he show if he fails to show, those game checks start ticking. Don't be surprised if he finds himself unemployed pretty quickly, and I'm not sure that he doesn't deserve the worst that could come his way. There's a difference between taking a stand based on principles and taking a stand just because you want your own way. Antonio Brown, up to this point, has made $79 million in the NFL. He's got another 75 or so tied up in this contract. I don't think he's going to see it. I think the Raiders blew that third and fifth, and they'll be living with the consequences. Thanks for listening. This is from the Cheap Seats out of Sanford, North Carolina on WFJ 105.5 FM. Check out the podcast in the iTunes podcast app or anywhere that you find your podcast. We are out. Peace. Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.